I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Levin. I'm a grief therapist and the founder of From Grief to Growth, the host of the podcast Untethered, Healing the Pain from a Sudden Death, and I'm the creator and author of the Growing After Traumatic Loss course. I provide support, guidance, and teachings to help you with the aftermath of chaos, trauma, and grief. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you an interview I did with Galen Gobin from Forest Lawn in his program, Journeys Through Grief. The episode is all about how to support grieving teens during the holiday season. Everyone struggles during the holidays, and this episode talks about how teenagers think and deal with grief, some of the ways that they struggle during the holiday seasons, and some of the things that you can do with your teenager during the holiday time. I hope you find it helpful. 90% of students will experience the death of a close family member or friend by age of 18. That's an astounding statistic and speaks to the deep need our children have for good grief support. Kids grieve in their own way, and sometimes we as adults try to make them grieve like an adult. We expect that, and according to our own expectations about grief and what we have done in the past. Holidays, as you know, bring a really special dimension to grief. Throw all of this stuff together, along with a teen whose brain is in the midst of really making a lot of changes and and things that are going on, and all of that can be really very difficult to handle. I'm glad that you have joined us for this Understanding Grief seminar. You may have questions. Put them in the chat, and we'll get to them. You may have a, a concern that you want to post or a, something about yourself or, or, or your team that, that is really bothering you. Put it there. We'll respond. And your posts help other people. They come along, they see that, and it gives them strength and support and helps them to understand that they are not so strange in what they're going through. So I welcome you all this evening, and I welcome especially Dr. Jennifer R. Levin. Jennifer has worked for over 30 years in grief and loss, and a lot of that in particular in trauma. And when teens have a death in their life, it really oftentimes is traumatic because it's so, it's just not supposed to be when you're a teen. That happens to people who are older. So Jennifer, you've learned a lot from them, and I'm just so grateful to have you come and share with us tonight. You're on mute. (laughs) Here I go. Well, thank you. Thank you so much um, for having me here. I really um, appreciate it. And yes, um, teens, gosh, they've got so much going on, and they have so many expectations on them um, to pressure um, and pressure to perform both academically and socially and to to be a grown-up and um, there's so much going on for teens because as they're getting older they're going through this process of individualization 
And they're actually, as they're getting older, they're um, separating themselves from their families and the family unit. And this is a really hard time for families when their teen is grieving because they're not quite sure what's going on. And if you have a teenager, um, you're probably understanding that you don't quite get what's happening with your teenager. And they're separating themselves from you at this time, which is natural and which is exactly what's supposed to be happening. And at this time, you're noticing that their peers are probably the most important people in their life. Um, their outside activities, their extracurricular activities, their friends are very important. They're developing and exploring new identities. They may be, um, you know, trying on new hats all the time and they're pulling themselves away. And so this is what's happening when they're not grieving. And when they are grieving on top of this, or they've experienced a loss or a death of a loved one, then things are even more complicated. Now, Teenagers actually grieve in a manner that's very, very similar to adults. They're concrete and abstract thinkers. They're very worried about themselves in grief in terms of what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to my family. So they're concerned about themselves. They're concerned about others. They're very existential as well. Um, in their grief. Why did this happening? What does this mean? What does this mean? Um, for myself and the world at large, um, just asking themselves those really, really big questions. They have physical complaints, you know, headaches, stomach aches, just like all of us. Um, they may be more um, apt to take risks. Teenagers are very, um, uh, they, 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 they engage in risk-taking behaviors normally, sure. but when they're grieving, they're going to be more likely to engage in risk-taking behaviors. They have uh, very big and confusing and intense emotions. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the hormones that are fluctuating within their bodies. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, remember and, those. Uh, I remember those as well. I have a 25-year-old right now, and I think he's still going through that. Yep. But, um, yeah. but the emotions are very intense, and they're confusing. And they're confusing for us as adults when we're grieving, because one moment we might think, oh, I, I've got this, I'm okay. And the next moment, bam, we've gone through this roller coaster of emotions. And mm. so we might have a better conceptual framework to understand that as an adult, where teenagers, sure. not quite as much. Sure. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really hard. Because, you know, we, we do a lot of, and place a lot of expectation on teen teens from our own place of grieving what we have done you know for ourselves um but we are down the road and we've got we've got the the thoughts and the experiences and the and the words sometimes really to to be able to codify that and bring it out and, and to make some sense of it where teens don't at because they just simply haven't lived that long to go through right. a lot of that right they don't have the experience yeah. and what they don't have um is the coping skills yes they may wow. be starting to get the coping skills starting to learn them but they don't have them like adults and i should say many adults are missing the coping skills True. as well yeah so um yeah. teenagers are missing that yeah yeah they're they struggle a lot with concentration uh, mm, that was in sure. the classroom 
Uh, again, mm -hmm. adults may struggle with concentration at work. Uh, grief will just knock your concentration out of the ballpark. Sure. Yeah. Makes it very hard to focus. But, you know, uh, school's hard for a lot of teenagers. Yeah. And if you're in school and math and science and mm -hmm. English, and if those aren't topics that you have a deep love for, all of a sudden, that's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard yeah. to focus on something that you don't have a passion for. Yeah, and 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 I want to pick up something here that you said that really struck me earlier. Um, talking about the pressure to perform, yes. and school really pushes that yeah. because you have oftentimes a test every week or a paper or you know performance in in PE, you know, mm -hmm. or, or or something like that, and. Yeah, I could. I mean, that just really exploded into my into my thought consciousness when you use those words. That that would be. I mean, it's hard enough to you're you've got this pressure. Make sure you do right. You got to get the A or the B or the C, or you got to make you know keep up with so and so or whoever it is. That's really difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Some teenagers share what's going on, and some don't. You know, mm. that's the other thing. They may be telling their friends what's happening and uh, they may be telling their teachers, um, parents may be uh, sharing mm -hmm. what's going on. Some aren't. And so they may be asking for extensions or they may be getting extra help or they may not be. And so, like you said, all of these pressures, all of these deadlines, they may be getting help with it. They may not. And so the pressures may be um, intensified. Some teachers are really understanding some not so much. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, that all impacts the grieving experience. You know, I work with a lot of students. We've got college applications right now, or they're just finishing college applications. Most of them are due right at the, I think, I think this week for many yeah. of them, Thanksgiving okay. week for the UCs, uh, right around November 15th. And so when you're grieving and now you have to be thinking about, oh my goodness, college applications, that's a big deal big, big sure. deadlines on top of regular school. So yeah. a lot going on for them, major yeah. life decisions. Yeah. And boy, what a, what a crash in there of future, mm -hmm. you know, a future with my, with my, my school and my life and what am I choosing and things along with, you know, if it's a parent who's died in the future there now, what is that? And boy, I, that's again just very mind-boggling, very opening. This is this is so helpful, Jennifer. I really, really appreciate it. so much of what you have shared. You you know you you mentioned about the 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 confusion that they have or the hard concentration and and the um, you know, the emotional roller coaster and the physicality of what grief is. Some of just the things, you know, that's normal grief, uh, and that's the way it it impacts us. But filtered through a teenager's brain, you know, that's going through that massive change, you know, and then grief casts this huge shadow there. What, what would you say that you've seen or you've heard or you've, uh, people you've worked with that would kind of red flags, if you will? Yeah. What are some of the red flags that, you know, because grief is pretty normal and even teens go through it. It's hard, but, but they, navigate their way and stuff but you know some of those red flags and stuff what might be things that we want to um, consider ourselves to be looking out for yeah yeah that's a great question and before I go into that one one other things that we didn't mention with the teens that actually would fit into the red flags is 
It's so important for teens to fit in. Teens have to be fit in and they're judged by their peers. Sure. And so not fitting in would, um, is, is such a difficult thing for teens. And when they feel like they don't fit in, um, that's going to lead to a lot of behaviors and um, negative consequences that could actually lead to some of these red flags okay. that I'm going to talk about. Sure. So that's okay. a perfect um, entry Great. to that. But um, that's also one of those negative consequences of grief of not fitting in. Right. And so um, that's just another thing that they have to deal with is not fitting in and being different wow. because now they've experienced a loss and that they're different from their peers. So not fitting in is huge for teens, but one of the things to look at, well, there's several things in terms of red flags for teenagers, um, isolation and withdrawal. Mm. Um, I mentioned to you a moment ago, peers, being with your peers is so important when you're a teenager. Um, they're almost more important at times uh, than your family. Sure. And I just want to uh, make a note. And of course, uh, I'm doing a lot of generalizations sure. and every teenager is going to be different right? Uh, without with that, I just wanted to to make sure that I, I said that here. Right. Yeah. And um, also in saying that everyone's different, one of the things to look at is how is your teenager behaving now compared to before um, the death in your family occurred? Okay. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing is a big red flag is any major behavior change that's happened since uh, your loved one has died. So that's going to be a red flag in itself. Sure. Okay. But things like, you know, if you have somebody who's isolated and withdrawn already, then that's not going to be a red flag. Yeah. But isolation in general, withdrawn, uh, somebody who's very social, and then all of a sudden pulls back. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, feelings of guilt, responsibility, okay. blame. That's a really big one. And sometimes teenagers aren't going to come out and say that. They're not just going to say, hey, it's all my fault. You really have to look hard for something like that mm-hmm. there may be comments under the surface just things said and and you know the offside but just things that are just like gosh I shouldn't have done that or just really small things that indicate that your teen feels responsible for what happened a lot of times you see this in younger kids but that doesn't mean that teenagers still don't feel that they had something to do with the cause of death, even if it's something from cancer um, or mm-hmm. a natural death. A lot of times kids hold, and I still call them kids as teenagers, sure. kids hold this belief that they did something wrong. And that's mm-hmm. a big red flag. Okay. Um, angry outbursts, you know, that just don't match your um your teenagers your personality all right um we talked a lot about risk-taking behaviors but Mm risk-taking behaviors that are dangerous that make you worry um for your teenager's safety um another one depression or anxiety you know sadness after a a parent a family member who's really close that's to be expected we're talking depression of you know not wanting to get out of bed not wanting to be with your friends not wanting to go to school not wanting to participate in things that your teenager enjoys and it's Mm -hmm. constant and it's going on over and over again you know that's some serious depression or anxiety getting so uptight or fearful about doing things that it's just interfering with quality of life Mm -hmm. um Substance abuse, you know, turning sure. to drugs, alcohol, 
And then, of course, any serious behaviors or thoughts of, you know, expressing not wanting to live anymore. And that's something you want to act on really, really quickly. As soon as somebody or your teenager expresses thoughts of like, I wish I wasn't alive. I wish I wasn't here. Yeah. I wish I was with dad, mom, whoever, you know, um, it's very common for teenagers to make comments like that right. off the cuff. You know, I remember the first time my son said something like that, scared the living daylights out of me. Right. You know, you have to know your your child's personality. But, you know, a comment like that, that's got heartfelt intent, something you want to take seriously. Right. Pardon me, I got something in my throat. You know, some of that that you're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I don't know where that came from. Some of what you're talking about is really hard to bring up anyway in a relationship between a parent and a teenager. It is. The communications is, you know, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. yeah. They are pulling away, as you said, they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're doing, that's, that's what they do as teenagers. They start to separate and individuate. That's that's life cycle stuff. They're supposed yeah. to be doing that. Yeah. Which makes it hard to communicate with a teen oftentimes yeah. anyway. Yeah. Now you've got this layer of grief that can uh, make it even more difficult. What what would you say are good ways to communicate yeah. with your teenager? Some people would say any communication with your teenager is good. Um, communication with teenagers is definitely a rocky road. And so first of all, I just want you to remind yourself that, yes, my teenager prefers to communicate with peers. And um, this is a Via normal text and way. social media. Yep. 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 <laughs> that this is normal and that there's nothing wrong with me as a parent because my teenager is choosing his or her or their friends right. um, over the family. And so just to remind yourself that that's okay. But that doesn't mean that communication is off the table with your teenager, because there are still ways to do it. Sure. And, um, and so you just want to keep at it. And so first is just asking them, you know, to share how you're doing, like, hey, how you doing today? How you feeling? And even if they're not going to share, share how you're doing right. and share your feelings. Now, don't get me wrong. Please do not use your teenager as a therapist. Um, but just say, you know, I'm really struggling with my grief right now, or I'm really struggling with these feelings and I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. Leave it at that. Don't be afraid to show your emotions. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to tear up. Don't be afraid to say how you're doing. And model these feelings for your teenager so that they can see that it's okay to express them. Mm -hmm. And if they're not receptive in the beginning, that's okay. The important thing is you don't stop. Right. These are not one-time conversations. They're conversations that keep going on and on and on. Because number one, you want your teenager to know it's okay to talk about feelings. It's okay to express right. feelings and it's okay to talk about our loved ones who have died. We're yeah. totally okay with that. We're comfortable with that. Right. 
And if you're struggling with your comfort with that, then I'm hoping that you're okay getting some help with that so that you can model that for your teenager. Right, right. They talk about with with young children that, uh, you know, one of the best indicators of how well a child will do with their grief is how well a parent takes care of themselves. And we get this, I'm always encouraging parents and saying, you know, you have the opportunity with your children in this moment to teach them a life skill that, you know, doesn't happen in very many places. And that is to teach them how to grieve. Uh, Again, I go back to what you were saying earlier, you know, as, 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 you individual as a teen individuates and pulls away there's grief in that because they're losing parts of their identity while they're gaining some some new things and and that you know the the grief that we do the grief work that we do with that helps to do uh, a a death loss as well and so i you know i really appreciate what you're saying with that to really encouraging parents to be strong in their vulnerability yes yes The other thing you want to do is you want to ask open-ended questions, right? (laughs) You don't want to say, how was school today? Or, you know, because I always got the, that doesn't even have to be open-ended. You don't want to ask one word in question. Right. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Good. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Or tell me about how things are going for you right now, or tell me about this, but in terms of can you share your best memory of your mom with me? Can mm. you tell me your favorite story? You want to ask questions that are inviting and encourage a dialogue. Yeah. Not questions that are inviting a one-worded answer. Because yeah. they're going to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, they're good. That's right. And that's what, again, that's something that teens that teens do. And, and yeah. so, so, so beyond the, the, you know, the question and the supporting that way, what, what are co- some other concrete ways that, that parents and teens can use and maybe come together? Cause that's another really important way of supporting one another. I mean, again, don't make your, your teen, your therapist or your, or your, uh, you know, your only support system, but um, but what are things that they can do to, to come together and to honor their person during the holidays? And, and yeah. these are holidays throughout the years, not just now, of course. Yeah, yeah. So activities, 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 activities. Okay. Um, whenever I work with teenagers, I actually don't do just regular talk therapy because teens seem to shut down when, um, well, I always have my dog with me because when they're petting a dog, they talk. Um, but not to just sit on a couch and like have a forced conversation. I play games with my teenagers and we have a great like Uno, Othello, all these sorts of games and take drives and then you have conversations. But in terms of the holidays, there's some great things that you can do with your teen to actually honor your loved one. So things that I've suggested to families that I've gotten some great feedback. Uh, let's say, unfortunately, that dad has died in the family. Go shopping for dad. Mm-hmm. Take your teen, go shopping for dad, buy him yeah. some gifts, and then take it to a charity and donate him. Okay. Make favorite, his favorite foods and serve them. Obviously, you can say prayers or toasts at the table. 
Some people are really comfortable with this next one. For some people, not at all. And I just want to give some suggestions and, and ask that you use right. the ones that fit and the ends that don't, you just leave them. Um, some people like to leave an empty chair at the table, a place setting. Other people, they're not quite ready for that. Um, one of my favorite ones is um, kind of at the appetizer table or a table is to have a big glass bowl and some index cards and write memories. Sure. And then read it at dessert time. Oh, you wonderful. Know? Yeah. You know, write my favorite memory of, you know, dad, grandma, grandpa, Aunt Betty. Um, I've had clients hang stockings of loved ones and write notes. Okay. Every single year, put notes in. And then mm. there's just a big box. Um, volunteering. Take your teenager and volunteer. Um, this one's actually a little harder to do than I realized. You have to set this up in advance, but to volunteer on a holiday, mm -hmm. um, being of service to others and um, giving back, mm -hmm. especially if you do it at a place that was very meaningful to your loved one, that can be just such a great way. Um, really makes you feel good. Makes yeah. you feel good, especially if you're volunteering your time at a place that meant something to your sure. loved one. Yeah. You can create a holiday list, playlist. Uh, I love working with teens in terms of things that are meaningful okay. to them. They love technology. Mm -hmm. Create a playlist of your loved one's favorite songs. Have them put all the music together and then play it in the background. Yeah. You know, things like yeah. that. There's so many things that you can do. Have a family meeting, you know, like what can we do this year? that um, would really bring whoever is not with us to celebrate. Right. What can we do to bring their essence in the holidays with us? Yeah, yeah. I always encourage people. And I think that last one is, is really a great place to start. You know, you, you sit down because then everybody gets their, their say. Their, 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 their say. And mm -hmm. The, one of the things that I always encourage people about, or, or or maybe even warn them about, if you will, depending upon how they take it, is that your person is going to be at your holiday event, really whatever like that is, Thanksgiving or yeah. birthday or whatever it may be, and everything. They're they're going to be there in by their absence, mm -hmm. and that absence fills the room. Yeah, and so you want to make sure and and acknowledge that because that that shrinks the fear of it that everybody you know that we all have in, mm -hmm. in a situation like that but in particular again you know with a teen i would think that um uh, not having the the life experience tools on how to deal with some of that you know yeah. that you know teaches them how to do it and not to be afraid of it right well, unfortunately no one gets a pass um, from dealing with grief. Yeah. So showing them a healthy way to talk about it, to face it, and to cope with it, I think is the best thing you can give with your child. Yeah. Um, I do want to say one quick thing, if I can. Sure. I have so many parents that call and say, um, my teenager is not grieving right. And um, I want to encourage parents to let go of expectations. Yeah on how their teenagers are grieving. Um, kids are very resilient 
and um, they can have moments and they can seem absolutely wonderful and fine and not sad. And that's okay. It really, really is okay. Yeah. They're going to have moments when they are very sad and they're very in touch with their grief. And you may not be witness to that. Give them the benefit of the doubt that they're doing okay. And they're going to let you know when they're not. Yeah. And, um, and just let go of your expectations on how your kids should grieve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Jennifer, thank you so much. Um, um, you know, one thing I want to mention, and I know that you've got uh, some wonderful stuff online that you do with, uh, uh, with all kinds of, of grief and loss. And so I encourage people to, to look you up. Um, we at Forest Lawn are going to be doing our annual Lights of Remembrance service. We've had one of those for the last uh, more than 15 years. And it's coming up the end of this month. And I would encourage people, if you're interested in finding some kind of way to acknowledge the holidays and acknowledge your person and the loss in your life, to join us. Um, go to forestlawn.com and take a look there at our events uh, page, and you will see the lights of remembrance. And it's a, a free event. We invite anybody and everybody and ask for your RSVP. So, you know, those kinds of things where we gather together as community, where we do these kind of ritual sorts of things are very, very helpful as well. And so um, just encourage everybody to um, find ways that you, your team, your family can um, acknowledge the loss you've had this year, as well as to uh, um, heal your way by taking a step day by day through this holiday season. Jennifer, thanks so much. It was what a rich, I, I, we, we always have such good guests on this and, and uh, you have uh, um, hit the bar and above. It's, it's wonderful. I really, really appreciate this and, and so much of what your wisdom that you have brought. Thank you so very much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us as well. Follow us on Facebook so that we can be together in our journey through grief. As always, I want to give a shout out to Jessica for monitoring the feed and, and helping me with the tech behind the scenes and everything. I, in this season of gratitude, I have great gratitude for you, Jessica, and for all that you do, because this wouldn't happen without you. And so thanks to each and every one of you. And to all of you, we are sending you peace as you grieve your loss. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of Untethered, Healing the Pain After a Sudden Death. For help with a sudden and unexpected loss, please sign up for my free mini course where I will help you understand the three truths about living with a sudden and unexpected loss please go to my website, www.fromgrieftogrowth.com to sign up. Take care and bye for now. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. For help with a sudden and unexpected loss, sign up for my free mini course where I will teach you the three truths about living with a sudden and unexpected loss please visit www.fromgrieftogrowth.com to sign up.